This is the Strength Anger Podcast, part of the Berserker Strength Radio Network, featuring APF Illinois State Chairman Eric Stone, as well as AAPF AWPC Powerlifter Robert Bain. We are coming at you from 2XL Powerlifting in Lombard, Illinois, and you can find this podcast online on anchor.fm. All right, Bane, here we are with episode 11. The Once Muy Bien. We are just rolling, uh, recording this again a couple days early due yeah. to, I don't know, the holiday next week? Uh, no, we have um, uh, conferences. Oh, like parent-teacher conferences? Yeah, for the oh. small humans. So uh, My uh, wife has that with my son as well, Monday afternoon. Yeah, so we have... So you uh, have four children. How do you schedule parent-teacher conferences for all of them? So... Typically, the kids are at least two of the kids are in the same school. Uh, there was a time where the three younger ones were all in the same elementary, and so we were able to schedule all of them on the same night. Uh, did it take some finagling though? Usually, like Nick and I would both have to go, and then uh, one goes to one conference, one goes to the other, and then we meet for the third. Normally, Lily because Lily is a special child and divide and conquer. Yeah, essentially. Uh, so our two middle ones are. Uh, having middle school conferences. These ones are pretty important because with Nolan, it's his first middle school conference with Lily. It's the first one for eighth grade, and we're kind of starting to get it ready for next year going to uh, high school. So important that we, uh, you know, we both be there for that. So uh, going to do that on Monday night. And then, uh, yeah, then we have the holiday and all the festivities that we'll be dealing with uh, for that. So, so yeah. Uh, any feedback from last week, Bane? Uh, nothing crazy yet. Uh, you know, Generally speaking, though, again, whether it's the topics themselves or just the the show, lots of positive feedback. Really appreciating the folks for listening. So, uh, for those that do, please go ahead and uh, give us a five star rating and uh, you know, like, subscribe, all those fun things, and uh, definitely leave us a review on the old uh, the old iTunes. Yeah, if you could add some words to the review, I think it helps as well. It does. It really some does. Some kind words or unkind words, I yeah. suppose, as well. But so, you could leave not... unkind words in just a five star review. Yeah, someone like, who was not me left a review on there, so that was nice. It's it was definitely not Bane, right? No, was not. Right. Was not. Right. So uh so yeah, what's going on, man? Um well let's see. Uh switched it up on you, you didn't get to ask me first. Oh yeah, I got you you snuck it in on me there. Uh, we've got the she Midwest said. Equipped Open, the first annual. Um, we talked about this in our Raw and Equipped episode mm-hmm. 10 years ago when we started the Raw Meet. The Raw Meet was the novelty. Like, it was yeah. the new thing. It was like, oh, maybe once a year we'll do a Raw Meet. and It'll be something different, and it'll attract some different people. How yeah, about that? And it's like, whoa, literally all the local meets are all Raw now, and now we're going to do an Equipped Meet as a novelty. So yeah, we should have seen that coming, man. Everybody likes to do a Raw yeah, I mean, I can see that. Uh, lifting, too. Lifting, yeah. <laughs> so are we seeing a return of equipped lifting? Uh, I think we're definitely seeing at least a resurgence. Um, I think they're seeing a little bit more attention and a little bit more people talking about it. And mm-hmm. I think with the WPO making its return. Rise from, from the ashes. Rise from the ashes. I think you'll see you know, some more people give it a try. Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely getting more interest and more traction, I think. I don't know if it's going to be, you know... The short term, I, th- I think it's definitely going to continue, and then as long as there are continually high value and high production meets, um, like I assume Sunday is going to be, uh, I think you're going to see continued growth in that sector of the sport. Had some talks with Wayne Pullum uh, yesterday, actually. Yeah. Uh, long conversation. Good. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. No, good. You know, talked a little bit about the WPO semifinals at the Arnold Classic. Talked about... Um, uh, possible locations for the Super Open Finals. Sweet. Plausibly back here in the Chicago area. We're still Sweet. working on some details there. So once we have an announcement, we will make it. That's exciting. Hopefully they're looking for a good squat crew. So, I, I or a uh, spotter crew, I should say. I believe they are. Sweet. I know and, some guys. <laughs> uh, what's going on with you, Bane, other than parent-teacher conferences? As parent-teacher conferences, doing the uh, the work stuff, you know, we're uh, we're kind of winding down busy season uh, and getting rid of the holidays. So typically, there's there's two big seasons that kind of go on. There's the pre Black Black Friday and then post Black Friday. There's a rush for about two weeks of just retail freight that moves. So kind of dealing with all that and juggling the rest of life and schedules. And uh, my wonderful daughter Lily, who is also a lifter, and you guys hear me talk about her quite a bit on the podcast. Uh, her birthday is actually next Saturday, so she turns fourteen. Oh boy! Yeah, so we have uh, we have reservations down at the Crab Cellar in the city. Uh, Never heard of that. So yeah, I, I was introduced by uh, my good friends at Big Ed's Barbecue up in uh, Waukegan, a uh, place I usually go after I'm done training. Uh, 
at uh, the Monster Garage, and it is all-you-can-eat king crab legs and prime burgers. And Wow. Yeah. Lily and I are huge king crab legs fans. I, You know, I do like king crab, but, you know, the shell's a little bit softer, and it is freaking hard to get into there. I almost kind of prefer snow crab just because it's easier to break the, the shell. So if you have scissors, it actually makes it way easier. So oh, okay. a lot of folks use, try to use the crackers, and you're right. It's very, right. very difficult. But scissors actually work very – like if you do have they, kitchen shears. Do they give you scissors? They do, and oh. they're also pre-cut. Uh, I yes. mean, because I remember my wife and I for our honeymoon, we were down in Florida, and I mean, it was really good. Don't get me wrong. It was oh, fresh. Yeah. We had each had some giant king crab, but I mean, it, it was like an hour and a half meal. Oh, yeah, for sure. And she and I plan on putting a serious hurting on this place. I don't, I actually called them just to say, hey, it's her birthday, you know. And what's interesting, you have to prepay for your reservation. Wow, interesting. Yeah, so I, you know. Shot the money. That was fine. That wasn't a huge deal. Uh, but I told them, like, I don't know if you're ready for the two of us. Like, we are going to eat some serious food. Like, oh, well, you got to finish your burger before you get your next round of crab. I'm like, I don't think you realize how large of a human being I may be and how much I love to eat and how much my child loves king crab legs. So just telling you, be be prepared. So um, very excited about that. But that's uh, that's what's going on in, uh, in the world of, of the Banes. Okay. Um, I'll, since we're switching the order up, I'll, I'll go. I'll go first with what is bullshit. What is bullshit? I got a real big one today that pisses me off every effing year. Go ahead. And that's daylight savings time. Daylight savings time? Daylight savings time is bullshit. Ben Franklin is rolling in his grave right now. Okay. First of all, we're not an agrarian society anymore. No one's working on the farms. And even (laughs) if they are, they've got machines that can work at any time of the day. I just love that you use the term agrarian in our our podcast. That's great. (laughs) Um. I just hate the fact that it is four thirty in the afternoon and it's is like looks like it's seven o'clock at night. It's pitch black outside. Basically. It's ridiculous. Stupid. I, um, I agree with that. Let's get rid of daylight savings time. It causes nothing but problems. Mm-hmm. I still have some clocks in my house that, like, I think one was still off from last year and then it must have automatically changed and now it's like two hours off somehow. Hmm. Um, you know, one of my like either my microwave or oven is still off and God only knows how to change those. Yeah. Like daylight saving time sucks. It's stupid. Please let's get rid of it. It's somebody at real Donald Trump and say, <laughs> get rid of daylight savings time. It's, it's the ter- worst. It's, it's so terrible. Dumb. Oh, gosh. So that's <laughs> trust me. I know numbers. This is, these are the worst numbers. It's the worst deal in history. So let's get rid of daylight savings time. Um, let's start a hashtag. Uh, what could it be? Hashtag cancel daylight savings time. Hashtag give me my fucking hour back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Bane? What's bullshit? So this is very uh, timely for this time of year. Toys and specifically toy shopping is bullshit. I agree, but in the age of Amazon, isn't it just easy to just find it and order it? It is. It is the idea that I will order something, and, I, and I'm all for. I have a a serious Amazon habit to the point that my wife gets a little worried about me. Uh, but the kids also get worried when there's not boxes arriving at the house almost daily. So they were like, did dad lose his card? Like, is everything okay? Uh, Cause I, I mean, I order stuff for work. I order stuff for the house. You know, sure. Think, so, uh, but what I, what I despise about toy shopping is this is something that's going to end up in my, in my home and it will end up in pieces all over my home. Gosh, with and, four kids. I mean, I only have two, and there's. I was yeah. looking at my son's room today, and I'm like, I'm going to tell him that Santa's not bringing anything unless we take about half these toys and give them away. It, right. We've had to do this with Nolan and Austin, especially the girls. So my daughter, actually, my youngest daughter, Ella, she's nine. Uh, when the when we first bought our home, so this is a little bit of just the layout of our house. Upstairs, there are uh, the, there's the master suite. There is another bedroom uh, on the back side of the house, another one that stretches across the whole front of the house. And then another room that was basically meant as an office. It has French doors, but doesn't have a closet or anything like that. Uh, Lily actually ended up moving into that room. She just wanted her own space. She was becoming a teenager, kind of get it kind of just forced away in there. Like kick, that was originally our toy room. Ella technically by square footage has the largest bedroom in the house. And, has a walk-in closet like she the only thing she doesn't she doesn't want a bathroom like we have the ensuite bathroom in in our in our room and and then we also have a walk-in closet in our our bedroom so and then the boys the nice thing for the boys is because they are on the back side of the house just like us that we also have two small balconies one on my side and the one on their side so the boys actually can open their back door and they have a balcony they, they can go out on uh, okay so choose so ella has this you know bedroom and i shit you not you cannot walk to her bed 
I don't know how she goes to bed each night because of the amount of stuff, and most of it is toys. Uh, that's about how my son's room looks right now. And it is astonishing to me, and we're talking, we're going on almost a year since I have seen the floor of my daughter's room. And this is, part of it is parenting, part of it is just Ella being an asshole. And I mean, part of it is, you know, two busy parents, four kids, and like... Of course, and a partridge in a pear tree, I, I understand. <laughs> but, so, so we were talking about this tonight. The kids got me their lists for Christmas this week. And, and I love how my kids do it, because they understand that I go from dad to director as soon as they give me stuff they want. Because I start looking at, you know, the ROI on these things, and I start asking <laughs> questions about them. The ROI. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. You, you've met Lily. Lily's yeah. a typical teenage girl. But when it came time to get her a phone, that girl flipped into full-on salesperson mode immediately. It was amazing. Part of it also was her just wrapping me around her little finger. But she actually was able to explain like, and articulate all the different things that she would be able to use the phone for in order to keep in touch with us, the safety aspects, all that. She did a really good job of that. So I, kind of, I expect the children to do similar things when they are uh, giving me a list of things they want. So Nolan gives me this list, and it is... It's itemized out. It's toys. It's different types of these toys. So there's different versions, of course. It is clothes with sizes. It is, and then there is the electronics section. Oh boy. Yeah. And and I'm just sitting there looking at this. I'm like, if I went out and got all this stuff, I'm not gonna lie. I would spend probably five thousand dollars on one kid. Whoa. And again, there's an iPhone on there. There's AirPods. There's <laughs> all, like he wants all this crap, right? And then of course it's so nice because he's like. And a MacBook for me and Ella to share. I'm like, bud, this thing is $2,000. Oh, just a MacBook. No, like, big, no biggie. Just, oh, God. So, yeah, toys and holiday shopping are bullshit. I kind of agree. My son's been asking for a Switch for a while. Yeah, don't yeah. do it. I, I'm, you know, I, I've thought about maybe getting one for him and I to share because, frankly, I'd like a Switch. Um, but I, I feel like maybe I should just wait a year because he just got a 3DS last year. And he's a little young. I I would highly recommend, because I still stay a little bit on the video game thing, uh, wait for the PS5 to come out. It's going to have a lot of these similar types of features the Switch is doing and way better uh, Let's add a, what is bullshit? PlayStation is bullshit. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, no, we're not buying a PlayStation player. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, we're a Nintendo family, sir. Oh, gotcha. So gotcha. We're, if we're going to buy anything, we're buying. Well, plus, I like the fact that the Switch is portable. And you can put it on your TV. So maybe the PS5 could do that, but I still wouldn't buy it. Ah, gotcha. Fake, gotcha. Hashtag fake news. Oh, that, that actually sounds like real news that you're not going to buy it. So um, it's okay. In, deal with the inferior technology. No big deal. Right. Sure. <laughs> uh, but probably we'll wait a year anyways. And we'll. I think I'm going to tell Jacob that he just needs to like clean his room out and keep it that way for a year. And then Santa will consider buying him a Switch next year. That's legit. I'll, I'll make sure to perpetuate that lie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our topic, because I think this is going to be fun. So I figured we'd do something different um, instead of just, you know, us talking about the history and, uh, you know, giving our opinions and thoughts, which I think are, are good. But well, We're still going to do that a little right, bit. Right, we're still going to do that, but I'm going to flip the, flip the script a little bit, and I'm going to take the opposing viewpoint of what I normally would have, which I think in order to have a good viewpoint, you do need to understand the opposing view. Because if you don't understand the opposing view, how could you understand your view? Can you tell that to the extreme left and the extreme right, please? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> That's as political as I'm going to get tonight. Other right, than right. A few Donald Trump jokes. Right. So, so uh, what we're going to talk about tonight is, quote, gear is cheating. and Is it, though? I'm going to take the devil's advocate view of, yes, gear is cheating. I'm the equipped so, lifter. Okay. So you're going to advocate for Satan, so I guess I'm going to be the holier than thou. All right. Yes, Bane is going to be <laughs> the uh, the gear whore. Yes. And I am going to be the gold standard Reddit, our powerlifting IPF raw lifter. Beautiful. Now, now I, I do want to put a caveat on this. I personally do I do not think gear is cheating, even though I am a raw lifter. Uh, game recognized game is how I feel about it. But I am excited that I get to basically say like it is that gear is not cheating. Right. So let's uh, let's go into it. So Bane, uh, first of all, uh, <laughs> first of all, first of all, <laughs> sir, <laughs> there there is no requirement in powerlifting to wear a suit, quote, or a shirt to execute the power lifts. The only requirement is really just a a barbell and some weights. Well, um, I would totally disagree because a singlet is required. No, no a singlet is not required actually. 
Uh, I mean, we in could competition. It is. I, well, sure, it is because that's what the rule is. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, but we could just have lifters wear compression shorts and a compression shirt. Good. Or and, no shirt. Sure. And and squat suits are not a singlet. They are a bastardized version of a singlet. Oh, wow. Uh, I, mean, I like it. You just went right in on this, by the way. This is great. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> so that's not a that's not a singlet. A squat suit is basically just hey, we're going to take something that was required for you know seeing the vantage points of the lifter, and let's make it something totally different that doesn't relate at all to what its original purpose was, which was so that we could see vantage points and be able to judge lifters adequately. Well, it does do that though, so it's not totally out of the realm. So let's you know if we're going to get technical on this, but but here's the the thing though is that. While they are not required, what is the issue with them? There's not. The fact that they're there isn't either. It's not good or evil. It's just they are there and they're there to assist. And oh, I'm going to get into that player. Fantastic. Uh, secondly, gear fundamentally changes the mechanics of all the lifts. Oh, it, let's, let's go. The mechanics of the lifts are inherently different when you're competing. Quote when you're quote competing geared versus real lifting, which is raw lifting, okay. gold, gold standard. Um, I mean, I'm, I will agree that it does change the mechanics of the lift. Squats become basically a good morning that breaks parallel. You're basically sitting your 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 giant ass into the uh, rebound of the material. You're sitting way back further than you ever ever were before. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Westside uses box squats? Because when you're squatting in a suit, it's basically like sitting to a box. Because when you're sitting back into a canvas squat suit, you're sitting back into the resistance of the squat suit. So, but you're you're you know. Again, if we're going to go back and forth and argue on this, let's think about what it, the way you're explaining it. It's a good morning that breaks parallel. Well, there's not necessarily a gold standard in your view of the position of the back or anything. All you're saying is with depth, it is simply the what we're defining as depth is the breaking of parallel by the hip crease below the knee. And so there's no standard of depth, even in raw lifting, other than the same one is equipped. So... It, it, you can be holier than thou and say, hey, yeah, you got to be three inches below parallel, and that's the only thing that matters. This still hits the definition of what is depth when it comes to powerlifting competition. Well, the difference is that without the squat suit on, the lifters would not be able to achieve the positioning that they are in the squat. I would politely disagree, but go ahead. Well, let's go on to the bench, which is even a, a larger bastardization of a bench press because okay. it basically becomes a belly press. Um, it looks nothing like what you would see in a standard gym. Whereas any, well, a bench press is taken to a standard gym, yeah. Well, any gym, any bench press under a standard definition, because it becomes a belly bench. I mean, I've seen lifters where the the bar literally almost goes into their belt and their their giant bellies when they're benching with a bench shirt, because it changes the mechanics of the lift so fundamentally. It no longer resemble resembles a bench press. It again becomes a belly press. And I'll point to a couple of folks that like specifically where I would say that. They're also doing the belly bench, and that's Julius Maddox and uh, I forget what his actual name, Thomas Davis, TD Smash. They they do the same thing. Uh, I don't think they look like an equipped bencher, sir. They are doing a belly bench when they're bench pressing. Well, they just have a giant torso, and, and so I, I'm. It's going to be very, very. It may not be the exact same mechanics, but it's pretty similar as far as how they're doing the belly bench. Now, certainly the deadlift looks mostly similar, um, but that's because gear doesn't really help the deadlift, so it's mostly unaffected. So in that case, we're not going to bitch about the deadlift because it's you know no big deal, right? Well, yeah, because you can't you can't gear a deadlift. You can't gear hard a deadlift like you can a squat or a bench. Fair. Now l- let's go to the two most egregious uh, bastardizations of the sport via the squat and deadlift and gear, and that would be a the squat becomes so restrictive that lifters literally can't even achieve depth a b even worse fake news the benches the lifters literally cannot bring the bar down to their chest because the bench hurts are so tight what kind of bench is when a lifter literally can't i've seen failed benches where lifters can't even touch their chest okay so is that a is that a lift well no it's a no lift it's a failed lift you just said so so you know Take that, but how does it look to the general public when a lifter can't even get a bar to their chest? To the general public, and if I was thinking from the seat of somebody who's not, you know, any in any way experienced around the the powerlifting world, squats being unable to achieve death, with I think where people get a little, I don't say hung up on it, but you're not around the sport if you if you can't achieve depth, 
Trust me, everybody understands that. You look at any gym anywhere in the country, everybody understands not a cheating death. So that that's one thing. With the squat suit, again, you are able to achieve what is called a definition of depth. It may not be the raw definition of depth, but you can still achieve... The gold standard. Politely disagree. The gold standard of depth is still just within the rules. Again, there is no standard of depth in any federation, period, end of discussion. It is simply the hip crease coming below the knee. And gear squats, no matter what. People can say they, they don't, but those that are passed are deemed that they have the hip crease has gotten below the knee by the side judge. Or geared lifters simply squat so high that the judges feel bad for them and eventually just give them a white light because, well, that's as low as they could go with the gear. It was not, we're not talking about record breakers here. We're talking about geared lifting, okay? So, <laughs> And then the benches that fail because the bar can't touch the lifter's chest. I, I can Ex- see where some folks would get a explain little... Explain that to someone who's just watching this WPO lifting and the lifter fails because they can't touch their chest. They're, they've got 600 pounds on the bar, but yet it doesn't fail because the lifter can't press it. It's failed because the bar can't touch their chest. And I'll be honest, that is a tough one to fight against because, hey, you, you should be able to use gravity, right, and just let it let it go. And, and, and I agreed earlier. Gear does fundamentally change the mechanics of the lift. I also know plenty of folks that, trust me, the bar can come down when it's raw. It sure shit ain't coming back up. And so, again, you look at failed lifts, and so it simply becomes different. And that's kind of where, you know, most of my discussion about, you know, where their gear is cheating or not. It is simply a different aspect of the sport. And so comparing it to raw lifting, I get it a lot of people are going to because that's the only way they have to compare. It is apples to boots. It is, you know, cars to airplanes. It is totally, totally different other than you are moving weight. Now, looking at, okay, explain to a person, hey, you couldn't touch the chest. You're right, because the equipment that is made also to keep you safe, because it is so tight. Oh, oh sure, it's safety, right. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll Let's get, move on. Let's move on, okay. Multiply gear, first of all, it barely resembles the, quote, apparel that it's supposed to represent. So let's talk about, quote, squat suits, or okay. which originally was a singlet. And yes, you know, I've listened to your uh, History of Equipped episode, sir. Uh, yes, it was a you know tight polyester material that maybe gave it a little bit of support, similar to like a knee sleeve. Okay. Oh, now you've got multiply canvas squat suits that look like something out of a, out of a BDSM you know convention where there's literally z- laces. Literally nothing wrong with that. Laces, all. zippers, and Velcro. Is that a is that a singlet? That is a apparatus used for lifting weight, good sir. So, so I'm curious if you're using the idea that hey doesn't even resemble uh, the apparel is supposed to represent. Talk to me about the cleats used in the 1800s when football first started and the cleats they use now. Talk to me about the gloves that those guys used, whether they, if they even used them uh, in baseball when Major League Baseball started, and the gloves they use now. The bats, hockey sticks. Talk to me about the advancements in that equipment. Well, yeah, but you can't you can't play baseball without a bat or a glove. You can lift well, without a suit or a shirt. Well, you can play without a glove. You don't need to have one. Wouldn't be wow. recommended, but... <laughs> yeah, you, you want to talk about raw. Yeah. Okay. And, but again, we're I, not going to talk... No one ever talks about the advancements of that equipment. Because those 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 pieces of equipment are fundamental to the performance of the sport. A cleat is not. Well, certainly you have to have something that provides traction. Well, no, you I mean, don't. You, could, you could have a bare... I, I would say could, that's, as, that's as close to, if you're looking at geared versus versus raw, I would say cleats are... About, are a, a regular man's version that's really close to that. Because then you've got different kinds of cleats, right? You've got moldeds, you've got replaceables, you have all that. Do the cleats uh, actually provide propeller forces into the ground and make you run faster? Theoretically, if you're digging in hard enough. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about these uh, canvas squat suits. Sure. Uh, we, we, originally, the squat suits, uh, you know, the super suits of the 80s, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they were made out of, you know, a little bit, Less stretchy material than, you know, say a Lycra, a stretchy material. Mm-hmm. Now you've got suits, and, and since the 90s, I suppose, you've had suits made out of canvas, which literally was was coming from a, a boat sail, Okay, you know, taken off the boat yard and created into this, quote, squat suit. That's not a garment. That's not material. That's literally, you know, a piece of non-stretch, you know, from a sailboat 
that you've strapped into somebody that looks like a giant diaper. Okay. And let's go on to bench shirts. I mean, these open back bench shirts. By, by the way, catcher's equipment, none of that is apparel either. This is just stuff people are strapping on. Same thing with hockey goalie equipment. Well, yeah, but do you want to take a you want to take a baseball to the head? There's there's no People used to. <laughs> Safety. <laughs> these open back bench shirts don't look like let's take one of those and just hold them up. They mm-hmm. look anything like a shirt? And you've got something that, yeah, sure, it's got sleeves, okay. and you put it on you. Sure. But it is not a shirt. It's got a collar, too. Yeah, it's got a 14-ply collar, super-duper phenom. Yeah. I mean, and what's the difference between, uh, you know, these uh, bench daddy, you know, shirts, quote-unquote, or the slingshot? Why not just use a slingshot? It's easier to use. Um, you strap it across your chest. These open-back bench shirts, basically the same, just made out of polyester material. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying you can't. Just happens to be some of the rules that you can't. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, if the, I guess you know you're just following orders, comrade. Some, careful there, Hoss. Parents, somebody didn't watch the devil next door. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it. Do do the do the shirts look like? No, it does not look like a shirt, but it doesn't necessarily have to. No one said that these things have to look like the shirt, the apparel that they are trying to resemble. No one ever said that that is a rule. Why? Why is that the standard that it has to look like what it? Like a piece of apparel. A singlet doesn't look like a piece of apparel. A singlet's fucking weird, man. Well, yes, but a singlet's a, a standard piece of sporting equipment that's been used in wrestling and weightlifting and powerlifting for 50 years. Well, they call it powerlifting. Again, they, they, they were supportive suits even back you know, when powerlifting first started. They understand singlets were the original, but they, they started right into the equipment with, when powerlifting first started. Yeah, yeah. It was really like you know double-ply, laced-up canvas squat suits back in the 1960s. Big areas of your crotch doesn't blow out, man. Yeah. Continue on with yeah, your argument. Let's, let's continue here. Yeah. So uh, what was the uh, – let's talk about that history. Gear's original purpose, or quote gear, mm-hmm. you've got these, you know, super suits for marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, now, bench shirts came much later. So let's just talk about these super suits. Yep. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was like a knee sleeve that you wore on your hips and your shoulders. Sure, maybe you'd get a little bit – even the early bench shirts, sure, maybe you'd get a little bit extra weight. But it was like, hey, you put it on, you know, it, it takes the paws out of your bench. It, mm-hmm. it helps you – you know, maybe keep your hips tight, provide some compression. Now you have lifters that are lifting literally hundreds of pounds over what they can do without gear. Right. Yeah, squat suit, briefs, wraps. There's probably lifters that are getting three, four hundred pounds, three, four hundred pounds yep. out of that gear. Yep. Bench shirts, at least three hundred pounds. Uh, you know, Blaine Sumner, he benches a thousand pounds in a in a bench shirt, quote yep. shirt. What raw, do you think he benches? Shirt. What do you think? Yeah, raw with shirt. What do you think he benches raw? Do you think he could bench even 700 I think, raw? I think he has benched 700 raw. Okay, but he gets 300 and some pounds out of his bench shirt? Okay. And that's not cheating? No. Because it's not against the rules. Now, you can see where there's no eccentric and rebound effect on the deadlift because you just have to pick it up. There's the real lift where you just... That's what people ask now. Well, how much you deadlift, bro? They don't ask how much you bench anymore. Right. So the, the real lift, the deadlift, when there's no rebound effect, geared lifters can't they can't outgear that. No. So you got a guy like Dave Hoff that benches a thousand, but can't even deadlift eight hundred. Well, yeah, he can. He did it at WPO, but well, okay, he he can deadlift. <laughs> he can't deadlift a thousand though, and he can bench a no, thousand. No, he cannot. He he cannot yet. Okay, now here's the fundamental issue because this is you're providing so much support to the lifter that it's taking strength out of the sport of powerlifting. Wrong. Strength becomes a lesser part of the equation because. Basically, this becomes a game of gear optimization. Who's got the best seamstress and who's got the best uh, ability to have a crew to pull them into the tightest gear possible and to take their laces and you know go to their BDSM co- conference and tighten themselves up as tight as they can. Imagine a, imagine a scenario where somebody weaker actually wins at a sporting event that's designed to test the strength because they, but they, but they is- don't... Because they don't have as good a gear. That is literally every upset that we love. The weaker of the opponents is the one who wins, and they isn't win powerlifting a test of strength, sir. Every sport is well, and not every strength, th- strength, speed, endurance. There is some way, shape, or form. It's all a, a who is stronger at whatever. So should we tie a, a rocket ship to the back, or a, you know, a rocket to the back of our sprinters to see who can? You know, I do, would love to see that. Why not? Do, All do steroids a, league, man. Let's do it. Well, they can do assisted sprints. Sure. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a rocket coming out of my ass, and who has the best rocket? Rocket, you know, sprint plus rocket. Yeah, and if you blow up, that's your fault. Oh my gosh. Because so 
again, let's look at, okay, so you, you use the, the argument that it becomes a game of gear optimization and manipulation. Who has the best seamstress is and, what I and, said. And to me, what, what I equate that as is who, it, to me, it is no different than if you're running better routes, if you have better control of your body when you're playing football, if you are able to change direction at a better pace and better speed playing soccer, if you're able to, you know, read the pitcher's tells better in, a, in the game of baseball, to me, that is no different than utilizing the gear to maximize your list, whether you are stronger or not. Well, let's take baseball as an example. Do they allow you to, you know, take a take some lube or some Vaseline and put it on the ball when you're when you're throwing in baseball to put more movement on there to change the mechanics of the way the ball is thrown? Well, we use chalk even on you know to give us better grip on in powerlifting. They well, use but, it use it there too. Well, sure, but chalk doesn't make the make the baseball you know break harder. Well, yeah, we're we're not throwing anything here. We're just you know we're trying to pick stuff okay, up. Okay, let, let's move on. <laughs> okay, modern gear, especially, but even any of this, even you the, just keep moving forward because you're wrong. Even the single ply gear, <laughs> which is okay, bullshit. Even the single ply gear makes the sport unapproachable to the general audience. Unapproachable, sir. How is it unapproachable? Okay, so let's let's first of all let's go to the average person goes to the gym and they squat, they bench, they deadlift, and what do they use? They maybe use a belt. They maybe use some wrist wraps. Um, maybe they would go and on to you know an SBD website and buy some knee sleeves because mm-hmm. they want a little bit of compression support. But do you think the average person understands what a squat suit or a bench shirt is? The I mean, you got the, the fact that they're ignorant is not my fault. Well, I mean, you got people walking and besides around. Besides Westside versus the World on Netflix, of course they know what it is now. Oh come on now. <laughs> You got people walking around meets looking like they're a, looking like they're a mummy, looking like they're in a straight jacket sure. and these bench shirts. Sure. And you know, you say, okay, you got this giant guy Blaine Sumner that that benches a thousand, but mm-hmm. then they see him walk up to the platform and his arms are sticking out in front of him. You know, again, like he's in a straight jacket, like he's about to get sent off to the insane asylum. And yeah, he, yeah. Well, thou- you benching it, putting a thousand pounds over your face, maybe you should. Yeah, he, he benched 1,000 pounds over his face, but if you took that shirt off, could he bench 1,000 pounds? Eh, still doing 700. It's fine. So why not just do the 700 then? Well, I would, What's say, the the, point? I would say the argument for that, and, all of, and a lot of this is, and I know we've kind of whipped through this pretty quick, you know, and when you're really thinking about it, the idea behind powerlifting is not necessarily limiting yourself by any of the equipment you use. It is simply how much can you lift, period, end of discussion. Based around the rules of that the particular sport, and that, and I don't want to go to the federation. Based on the rules of the sport, which is the squat, the bench, and the deadlift. In my view, if you are going to maximize that, you are going to take every single opportunity to do so. And if that means you have a piece of equipment that is going to help you squat more, you have a piece of equipment that's going to help you bench more. If you have something that's going to help you deadlift more, I, I would not be opposed to people allowing straps for competition deadlifts. Oh, come on now maximize the the opportunity to lift the weight. I mean, why don't you just, uh, you know, use a forklift to help you lift it up off the ground then? Because in that case, now you have an actual piece of machinery doing the oh, lifting. And that canvas squat suit it couldn't be almost considered a piece of machinery? No, because you lay that thing on the ground, it's not going to squat the weight for okay. you. Okay. I mean, let's let's think you, about... You can, you can have a robot do all the... And you can actually program that fork truck to pick up the weight. Well, I'm sure you could. Yes, I could. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the barriers to entry. So we want to, which, which is legit. I'm not going to argue with it too much. We want to promote a sport here where you know we want the average person to be able to compete in a sport that's designed around strength. Mm-hmm. And if I want to compete at the WPO now, not only do I have to squat, bench, deadlift, but I got to buy a a $400 squat suit and a $350 bench shirt and a $250 deadlift suit, and I've got to have four guys squeezing me into something, you know, with with Crisco and uh, you know, hanging from a barbell just to get me into this thing? So, so let me ask you this. You you played soccer growing up, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And so I, as did I, and I, I'm going to use that as the example. At any given time, and I'll look just at college, and stuff has come even farther than, you know, where the technology was when I was playing. My cleats were $250. My shin guards, just the shin guards and the sleeve that they went in was 50 bucks. Socks. Twenty-five to thirty dollars. You have the whole uniform kit, depending on how you're printing up. You've got a hundred plus dollars. You're already spending hundreds of dollars for that sport, and then you think about the amount of time and money invested in the coaching for that. The barriers to entry to most sports now, and again, soccer is probably one of the lowest barriers to entry. 
Look at a sport like baseball. How much do you spend on some of these, you know, strontium bats that are four hundred fifty dollars for this stupid bat? And these kids have two to three of them on these travel teams. But again, you can't even hit the ball without a bat. You, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, you're still investing this same kind of money. So you look at barriers to entry. Well, if I want a full outfit of SBD apparel, well, yeah, that's going to cost me some money. Yeah, it's going to cost you some money. But but that's gold standard equipment there. SBD knee sleeves, uh, SBD, sing, SBD singlet bullshit. Singlets, wrist wraps, and you know uh, a, an adjustable SBD belt. That's gold standard. But you want me to spend money then on a, a canvas squat suit that I need, you know, a dominatrix to get me into? Nothing wrong with that either. Um, and if somebody asks you how much you bench, if you, you know you see somebody at the gym, Bane, and they mm-hmm. say how much do you bench? Yeah. Are you going to say, hey, yeah, I bench three hundred pounds, but if I put this, you know, uh, odd-looking piece of polyester across my chest, then I can bench five hundred? You know, what's that person going to think? Is that, and what do you say if you're an equip lifter? Do you say, yeah, yeah, I can, I can bench 300, but if I put this goofy thing across me and I have four people squeeze me into it and I, I have a 20-second eccentric. See, to me, that is, that is the better conversation starter. You're looking at somebody who you know, may or may not be interested in the sport, right? And you think about how all of us kind of got in. At some point, you're talking about a bench shirt and like, yeah, I bench 500 pounds. Awesome, man. And then, you know, hey, I want to see it. Cool. And they see the whole process. Well, what's going on? This is a this is a piece of conversation that I think is very important because then you start talking about raw versus equipped. And to me, it makes a lot of sense that, okay, somebody, you see this, to your point, it is an anomaly. It is weird to see a bench shirt. And then they say, well, isn't that cheating? And then I say, no, it's not because guess what? The lift fucking went up. The shirt itself is not lifting the weight. It does still take the person to lift the weight. Is the shirt assisting? I'm never going to deny it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But if the point of the sport is to lift the most weight, why would you limit yourself? Well, because you want to lift via the gold standard. Your gold standard is very tarnished, good sir. And the gold standard, by the way, has the U.S. in a whole bunch of fucking debt. So there. Let's, <laughs> let's move on to some other, some other considerations. Um, first of all... If I can't you, wait for you to say this one. If you want powerlifting ever to get in the Olympics... Do you think it's ever going to be equipped? I mean, come on now. So, interesting you say that, because IPF Open Worlds is going on right now. And you know what they have plastered all over their stuff right now? Is the IPF's affiliation with the IOC. Well, but they're not in the Olympics. They are not in the Olympics yet, but we're talking about Open Equipped Worlds. Sure. They've been talking about that for years. But if the IPF actually wants to get in the Olympics, if they just threw away all the gear and said, we're done with all that crap... And promoted the the side of the sport that's been growing, which is their raw lifting. It is their raw lifting. They had 1,300 lifters at Raw Nationals. Clearly, that's the side of the sport that's been accepted by the general public of Instagram, um, which, as we know, is a very intelligent, wise population of individuals. And really, they run the world. They do. Uh, If you want them to get on board with you, then clearly you need to take off all the gear and you need to make it raw and then it's very much more likely that you'll be accepted in the Olympics. And I'm going to disagree because, again, they're already setting it up where they are going to do both. They're going to do both I in think the Olympics? I, think, I mean, if, if the, this part of the sport that is growing is what's going to get in there, but they're advertising all about their IOC affiliation at Open Worlds, why would they not be trying to do both Well, they can, and maximize their exposure? Well, you could try anything you want, but it doesn't matter what the Olympics is going to accept. Which is fair, and, and that part I can't predict. I, I will say I will concede that point. If you want to get in the Olympics, it's going to have to be raw. Yeah, wrong. So Drug tested too, right? Let's talk about this whole, uh, well, gear is for safety. Sure. Um, first of all, no. That's hashtag fake news. Wrong. Um, I have seen or have heard about broken forearms with individuals wearing bench shirts. Okay. Because, shoot, you got the whole, you got every joint in your entire body covered up. You got wrist wraps that are 10 meters long. <laughs> You've got bench shirts that go up to your elbows. Your shoulders are covered. You got a belt on. They might have, I mean, these geared lifters, they might have just wrapped their knees when they were benching anyways, just to get something, get a little extra leg drive. A little extra leg drive, little sure. little extra leg drive. So what happens? <laughs> their only exposed skin on their entire body is their forearms, and their forearms are going to snap because obviously they're their handling... Fault. Their fault for having weak forearms. Obviously they're handling weights that they can't even handle without the shirt. They skipped forearm day. That's not my fault. Yeah, I don't think it's skipping forearm day. I think it's because the lift, again, the the mechanics of the lift have been fundamentally changed. Okay. The lift becomes a belly press, and every other part of your body is covered, so it's not any safer. You're just moving more weight, and now you're going to break your forearm 
And when you try to jack off later that night, well, you can't even do it because you're benching a shirt. Well, again, you should have been a switch hitter from the start. So I, I fault that person for not playing ahead. Uh, and because you're using this artificially inflated weight that you can't actually lift, but you can lift with this, you know, fake canvas denim all over your body, um, you know, some kind of Canadian thing when you've got a denim squat suit and a denim bench shirt. Yeah, um, full denim t- lifting tuxedo. Right, exactly. Uh, now you need, you can't use a gold standard 45-pound bar in all three lifts. Now you've got to use these super long bars, super thick bars. Um, well, the fact that you guys can't lift enough weight to need them, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Well, come on now. Uh, I believe Ray Williams squatted 1,000 in uh, a 45-pound bar, walked out, by the way, yeah, and, and then, we, we could go on that. And then, and then didn't he squat like 120 pounds less at Raw Nationals? Well, he was injured, sir. Oh, uh, yeah, injured, yeah. He was injured. Sure. Um, now Lack, we, now lacking we, supplementation? Now we need specialized spotters. We need specialized bars just to accommodate this extra weight that you're yeah. artificially lifting. You're not artificially. The, the weight's moving. How is it artificially lifted? Because you're wearing some kind of crazy suit and shirt. The suit and shirt are not lifting the weight you are doing. Could you, lift without, could you lift the same weight without them? More than likely, you could not. Exactly. I, I didn't say it didn't help. I never said it didn't help. But it's not cheating. You know why? Because it's not against the rules. Ask the average public if you think, okay, let's go on the man on the street here. Sure. Let's go 10 men on the street and ask him, if I put this thing on my chest and I can bench more, is that cheating or not cheating? What do you think they're going to say? I Honestly, I think it's going to be divided. I think, I, think, I think it will surprise you how people will say it's not cheating. Especially if you put in there, this is not against the rules. Okay, and then my final reason is that using gear is hard and I don't like it, and that's why it's cheating. Well, quit being a pussy then. The gold standard is obviously raw, walked out, 45-pound bar. And you guys with your high squats, multiply gear, bench shirts, we'll see on monoliths, and all this other bullshit, you're just, it's fake lifting, mm-hmm. it's fake news, and if you want to lift real, take off all the gear and lift raw. So you're telling me to lift naked. Are you coming on to me, sir? I am offended. No. I mean, clearly, <laughs> use the standard equipment that an average person would use, like a belt, Wrist wraps, hey, maybe knee wraps, whatever. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm neutral on that. Obviously, knee wraps. Wait, the but the knee wraps help you lift more weight. Well, yes, but that's so just, you're contradicting yourself. That already. is just that is just supportive of your joints. Oh, it's safety, right? It's supportive of your joints, sure. Because you mean, don't you don't get any extra weight and rebound out of the out of the knee wraps. I mean, you might get a little bit. You get anywhere from eighty to hundred pounds. What's a little bit? Well, how much do you get out of your squat suit? You get. I'm again. I'm not. I'm the one who's promoting this shit. So, again, lifting gear is hard. I don't like it. We should ban it. And, and typical millennial. You guys, you guys all suck. <laughs> so, obviously, we have fun with all this. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, let's go, let's go back through those because, obviously, I don't agree with any of those, but I think I did a good facsimile uh, I, I, argument of that. I, I think you did, a, you did a very good job, and, and so I, I applaud you for that, sir. And I think I did an okay job defending it. Yeah. Uh, not great, but it was okay. So... Yes, there is no requirement to wear a suit or a shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I would agree with Bane that, of course, there's no requirement, but you can wear it. Equip lifting has been a part of the sport since its beginning. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can lift it wherever you want. Um, but as Bane said, the goal is to lift as much weight as possible under the conditions that have been allowed in the sport. Yep. Yes, I would also agree that lifting in gear does change the mechanics of the lift. Um, I would use the analogy of that we used before of drag racing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, street drag racing is raw. Um, stock car is single ply, which is bullshit. It is bullshit. And multiply is funny car. Yeah. And you it's know, funny. Yeah. I mean, it does look funny and yeah. no doubt. I mean, sure. A squat suit and an open back bench shirt, they don't look that much like what they originally were intended to be, but who cares? Honestly, neither is a funny car. Right, that doesn't look. I mean, stock cars. Do they look like actual stock cars anymore? No, and they're not actual stock cars anymore. And and here here's the thing too is does a football player when they're wearing a helmet and shoulder pads look anything like the leather stuff they wore? You know, hell no, fifty years ago no. or seventy five years ago. But to your point, you make a great point with the the car analogy because a funny car, you look at that and you go, I, most folks can't wrap their head around everything that goes into the the funny car. But you know what they can wrap their head around? Three hundred miles an hour. That's what they can get behind. That's what they can understand. And you know what right. people can understand? 1,272 pounds. Right, exactly. 
Um, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that gear is not just supporting the lifter. It's allowing you to lift more weight. It there's is. no doubt. Yeah, now, I, I don't deny that. Now, that being said, there is an injury prevention standpoint to the compression element of gear. Now, the full-on gangster gear, less so. But I will say this. I've been around this sport a long time. If if hey, there yeah, balls. <laughs> if there was no gear, there are many masters lifters who would no longer lift. Blaine Sumner, one of them. We've mentioned yeah. him. He said he cannot lift raw anymore. One of the best lifters in the world. He yeah. said if he had to lift raw because he's got a torn labor in his hip, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be able to compete anymore. It, it, that's huge. I mean, that's, that's there's, a there's many masters lifters I've talked to, masters being over the age of 40, without bench shirts and squats, who's providing some compression to their, especially the shoulder joint and the hip joint, knee wraps for their knees. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't compete anymore. It's, it's, they'd be done. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm approaching 40. Trust me, I feel it. I feel it every day. I mean, the, the, you're you're not too far from forty, maybe right? Closer yeah. than not. Yeah, I, you could round up. Yeah, round exactly. up to forty. Exactly. Uh, you know, the big one on strength is one that people against equipped lifting will hit a lot, and I think you did a good point, Bane, on uh, you know defending that. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Powerlifting is dependent on strength, yep. but it isn't a contest of who is the strongest no it is it's who, not it's, it is who it's, lifted the most weight. right it's a contest of who lifted the most weight and i would argue that there are many scenarios in which someone whom is not the strongest could win yeah it's about meat presence it's about technique it's about it's, choosing it's, attempts especially equipped lifting it is technique right but your, even your any margin kind of for error is so much smaller any kind of lifting though i mean you could have two lifters that have maybe even the same strength level, but mm-hmm. one will win because he chose better attempts. Yep. Because, you know, he didn't, he had better uh, strategy because yeah, he, he doesn't choke in the limelight. He, right. There are a lot of things that come into actually, I mean, if we just wanted to measure who is the strongest, we'd just have everyone come and, and put their hands or feet on a force plate yep. and see how much force they could statically produce. But obviously, we realize that there is a, form style technique to squat bench and deadlift even though it's not as technique driven as olympic lifting but there's something there i mean anyone who's put a barbell on their back and tried to squat to depth realizes that it's more complex than just who has the strongest legs right and yeah i mean there's no doubt that somebody who is quote weaker could win in any type of lifting yes any type of lifting for a myriad of factors now do those factors increase with equipped lifting yes like you said, there's a less margin for error. There, you know, there is a factor of, you know, who has access to the best type of gear. But what people don't realize is there is a point of diminishing returns with gear. Yep. And you your, can't just your, your five ply shirt. You can't just continue to put on more layers and get gear tighter and tighter and tighter. There is there is a method to the madness of how lifters wear gear. In fact, multi-ply lifters probably don't wear their gear as tight as even single-ply lifters. Right. We talked about that last week. There is an optimum point with squat suits and bench shirts where you get the most out of it, but you're still able to achieve depth. You're still able to right. touch your chest, and you're still able to get the pop out of the gear. You still, you, there is some degree of mobility you have to have in order to, to achieve the lifts. As far as the general audience, the average person, they don't know anything anyways. Right. That if, if you talk to the average person in the street and you tell them you power lift, they maybe think that you'd put a barbell over your head. Most of them think you're a bodybuilder. Or yeah, That's exactly like, like right. Arnold? Right. They think that you're getting on stage oiled up in a Speedo and flexing. Which, and they, they ask you to that. flex. Flex. I just, I just do that at home. Right. <laughs> yeah. What you, you and the wifey do on your own time, Bane, is your own No, it's, your own it's only when I'm by myself. Okay. So. Sure, sure. And, and you know, you get this, you got the question like, what do you lift? You know what? I don't even tell people anymore unless yeah. they really ask me because they don't, no one has any concept of anything really. Like you could say 700 pounds, 1,000 pounds. Yeah, they don't get it. If you, it's a family member, they're going to be happy for you anyway. Yep. And if it's someone you just know. Okay, they, let's be real here. If it's a family member, what's the first thing they say? Oh, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> well, yeah. You're your 72-year-old aunt, of course. Oh, God. Well, and. That's Some, my fucking father-in-law. Every time. Every goddamn time. Sorry, Brad. Well, and other people, they're, they probably have some uncle or some cousin that bench, you know, eight, 600 pounds in high school. Right, in high school in their basement. Second team All-State. Right, and they squatted player. a 1,000, but now they just do leg press, leg extensions, and yeah. leg curls. Well, knee injuries, you know. Right, they, they had a knee injury, and yeah. they used to leg press 1,200. They, they t- totally did, totally did. So the average public doesn't know anything anyway, so it doesn't really matter. No. Um. 
I don't. I actually, at my point on equipped lifting not being stuck with the uh, uh, Olympics, I actually think that's probably right. I think probably it's more likely that the IPF would get raw lifting in, but actually, what is really more likely is the IPF would have to pucker up and kiss the ass of the mm-hmm. IOC mm-hmm. and then stick a bunch of money under the table if they wanted to get in the Olympics because the IOC is one of the most corrupt organizations oh my God. in the world. And if you don't think there's corruption in sports, look at the scandal in your in soccer with oh, the World FIFA. Cup. Oh, my God. I mean, there's so much corruption. There's so much exchanging of hands. I mean, and look at this. You look at the, the Qatari World Cup, the one that's coming up. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of money they exchange hands, and then the amount of people that have died because of it. 4,000 people have died during the construction of the stadiums for this fucking World Cup. Well, and by the way, every every city that's had the Olympics ends up almost bankrupt because it doesn't do anything that it's supposed to do. No. Every country that does it, every city that does it, the only one that made it out okay was L.A. back, I think it was... Was it 84? I think it was 84, maybe late or 70s. Maybe. Where, like, they had another location, they had to cancel... They came to L.A. last minute. L.A. already had all this stuff set up, so they didn't build anything new. They just used what they had, and they were able to actually come out ahead on it. And and that's the one thing that they talk about is why, you know, the the 1994 World Cup is still the most profitable of all time because we have the infrastructure already here. We don't need anything new except for, like, updated hotels. Right, and you've got old Olympic villages that are just sitting vacant yeah, right if, now. If you want to Countries around the world. The, Beijing. The 2008 Olympics, if you want to see just some depressing-ass photos, go look at photos of the Beijing right. Olympics so grounds. you might want to ask the question, does powerlifting even need to be in the Olympics? Do we want to be in the Olympics? Right, do you want to be in the Olympics? What do you gain by being in the Olympics? You, you get some notoriety, but did that help Olympic lifting for the last 30 years? No. Do you know what helped, you know what helped Olympic lifting? CrossFit. CrossFit. Nothing to do with the Olympics. And Speaking every- of raw lifting on, power, or on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Olympic lifting was on at 2 in the morning at Olympics. Nobody cared about Olympic lifting. The only time anybody started even paying attention to Olympic lifting is when CrossFitters started doing it. Yeah. And they have injected themselves in the sport, and it's probably grown percentage-wise more than powerlifting. You you ask the average person if they know any Olympic lifter or somebody, and they're they're, they're going to say no. Or if they do, it's going to be like, oh, Rich Froning does that, doesn't he? And. You want to talk about the average public not knowing? The average public has literally no idea what a clean and jerker snatch is. Literally no idea. The latter they might. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's Olympic lifting, but I do hear that they pass out condoms at the Olympics and that they're usually gone. That's what I've heard. So, I have a friend who was an Olympian. Okay. Story time. I will not... Put all of his business in the streets, but he, when he got back from the Olympics, he was an alternate on the men's national team, and he came back and he's like, "You, you just don't understand. There's so much, and whether people are on stuff or not, there's just so much testosterone and so much adrenaline going through, uh, it, know, through the village, and it's probably mostly single people because if you're training for the Olympics, majority, you're, yes, you're probably not attached to anybody. You're probably young." And you've probably yeah. mostly been focusing on your sport. Correct. And so it's just, it's a free-for-all. And then he said the the last night of the games where most of the events are done, he said the party, it basically starts at 7 a.m. and they go into the closing ceremony. He said most of the time when you see people walking in, the teams are significantly smaller because those are the only people who can still walk. Yeah. You know, and the, the complaint that, you know, geared lifting is expensive, uh, Bain touched on it. I mean, that's just soccer. How about hockey? Oh, my God. I mean... You know, talk about the equipment you spend. How about figure skating? I mean, every six months you need a new pair of freaking skates. So uh, I, our, our VP of sales, his son actually plays professional hockey now, uh, played at the University of Wisconsin. His daughter, up until she was 15, was a nationally ranked uh, figure skater. Between the two of them, it approached six figures between ice time, coaching, I, equipment. I have everything. a buddy who coaches figure skaters and hockey players. and Dude, it is craziness. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable the amount of money that parents spend on figure skaters, it, especially. It's, it's wild. Between various coaches and outfits and skates. Yeah. So if you think our sport's expensive, go look into youth sports and see how much money parents are spending. Yes. Oh, oh. dude, gymnastics. Well, and... <laughs> And you want to talk about people, quote, looking funny in bench shirts and squat suits, and they do, but just look at the IPF Instagram page, and mm-hmm. you could have a raw lifter, totally raw, but they're they're deadlifting sumo, or they're benching with an arch and a wide grip, 
or whatever, anything that looks slightly different than like what the bro does in the gym, flat back, elbows up benching. Oh, that that sumo's cheating. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean that that bench was barely in range of motion. Why are they arching? I'm, I'm, I'll tell you what. If you want to get somebody triggered at the average Joe, watch Sean Noriega lift hamstring poppy. You watch that dude, and I'm, I'm not taking anything away. The guy's strong, but you watch his squat. It's terrifying to watch, and you watch his bench and his arch. His arch is incredible. But, I mean, the guy has, like, a two-and-a-half-inch range of motion. Right. So even if it was raw, peop- the average public is going to bitch about it because yeah. of arching, because of wide grip, because of sumo. Because of whatever. Exactly. People, they'll, al- they'll always whine. And people bitch about stuff no matter what. Look at the comment section on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. In fact, look at 2XL's comment section on Instagram <laughs> on the latest post. <laughs> right. Go ahead. At Larry yeah. Wheels. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, I invented belt slams many years ago. I've been doing belt slams since before uh, there was Instagram and Facebook. Um, I've been slamming my belt and throwing down 25-pound plates. Just nobody videotaped it. So what you're saying is you are, in fact, a true influencer. Yeah, I don't know about that. But, uh, I mean, I'm not slamming anything other than belts player. Hey. <laughs> I did throw my keys down the garbage chute one time in college, and that was a real big ordeal because I had to go downstairs and dig my keys out of the uh, the garbage. Ugh, gross. Um, I was throwing away trash, and I don't know. I think I had my hand, my keys in my hand. It was a bad scenario. Yeah, but and I, I that's, throw chairs too, from what I hear. I've thrown chairs. Yeah, yeah. I've thrown twenty five pound plates. Um, I've just slammed belts. Just an angry, angry man. Yeah. Um, now I just do it. Uh, you know, ironically, ironic. Uh, yeah, exactly. Perfect term. I do it ironically now. <laughs> so that's that's my uh, that's my spiel on on gears cheating. Uh, we had talked about having in JJ underscore fitness thirteen, um, but he's, I think he's sad tonight. I don't think he wants to be in. I think I was probably a better adversary um, against myself than JJ would be. He needs a little that's... bit more hair on his chest before he could debate me. We shaved it all off. You see, when we took a shirt off tonight. Well, of course. I mean, he's. You know, he's talking about influencer. Right. <laughs> so next Lo- week. Love you, Joey. Yeah. yeah. Next week, uh, we are going to do an interview. Um, yep. We're, we're going to figure out some interview. Either we're going to do an in-person interview with somebody here from 2XL. Yep. We're going to get one of the people we've talked about on with my special, you know, uh, what is this thing? Little, little doodad. What is this called here? iRig2. Oh. Um, I'm going to figure it out with Engineer Howard. Um, we're going to figure out how to get the levels right. Nice. Um, or we might have some other special guest that wants to do an interview with us. There, there's been some talks, and folks are reaching out. Right, and we probably need the iReg for that as well. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do some kind of interview next week, and we've got a whole week and a half since we're recording this one a little bit earlier yep. after the holiday. Um, any other thing else to add on uh, on cheating gear or anything else, Bane? Uh, use all the gear, lift all the weights, and uh, you know what? As we go into this Thanksgiving season, just take a look around everybody around you. Just be very thankful. Uh, I just happen to have some friends who, um, and unfortunately, they did lose some family members here very recently, and um, including one sitting across from me. And I know that's tough sometimes that first holiday when you're sitting there and you know th- those individuals aren't uh, aren't able to, to share that memory with you. So. Uh, Hug a little ones a little tighter and uh, just enjoy your families this holiday. Yeah, I mean, I, a lot to be thankful for, but yep. it is tough when you get around the holidays when you've lost some loved ones, when you've lost some people. But yeah, you can look around and uh, enjoy the holidays when they are there. It's as a parent with young kids, it can be kind of a, a like a hard hustle and bustle of mm-hmm. like driving around and like making sure they behave and making sure they eat. Every once in a while, you do kind of have to just take a deep breath and just appreciate that you have everybody there that you do have because yep. there is a time when not everyone is going to be there and Correct. you don't always realize that until until it's time. until until yep. it's time and they're not there and just remember kids it's bulking season eat up oh bane man i really need to st- i've done plenty of bulking let me tell you um i've been on the body by barzine diet for five years now is there crack in the costco chocolate chunk cookies because those things are just ridiculous very maybe very very maybe oh ridiculous so after thanksgiving i think i'm going to do a weight loss challenge here at 2xl um i know bane doesn't really care about losing weight nope. but there are others here dixie at uh at miss Mombod and others that ne- probably we need some encouragement and some cash involved <laughs> you need some stakes in the game so i think we'll Did do someone a- say steak I think we'll do a post-Thanksgiving, maybe, because through New Year's is not long enough, so we maybe need to do, like... I would say through, like, the women's meet. Yeah, or maybe even to the state meet, because that's yeah. when a lot of people will probably be their next meet. That's true. 
So, um, so I'd say we'll finish off with follow us on Instagram at Strength Anger. Um, at give, 2XL Powerlifting. At 2XL Powerlifting. At Bane316. At Bane316. 316, 316, um, and five-star reviews on Google Play, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Yes, and leave the reviews. Tell us what you think. Give us topic ideas. Slide yeah. in our DMs. Yeah, if you have any questions or any uh, feedback, use the hashtag StrengthAnger. Yep. And I'd say that is all. This is Eric Stone signing out. Strength and Anger. <laughs>